Okay, what's going on? How are we? Episode 59 of the Wide Right Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Honey. As always, of Elite Sports New York and the Elite Sports Radio Network coming to you live on a Friday morning around 9 o'clock. Just watched a great game last night between the Los Angeles Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders. Mariota looked good. I don't, I don't know what that was all about. Mariota looked better than what we've seen out of him in the last couple of years. Looked like Oregon Mariota. Heisman Mariota, but ultimately Justin Herbert and the Los Angeles Chargers squeaked out to win in overtime, almost ended, we went down to like, what was it, a minute left in overtime when they finally scored that touchdown, game went forever, I think Herbert's going to be the um, offensive rookie of the year, either him or the Vikings' uh, Justin Jefferson, but it's, Herbert's, Herbert looks good, we'll see how he continues, you know, next year and, you know, further than that, but right now, for a rookie, Justin Herbert looks pretty good. Looks to be a good draft pick by the Chargers. I think they need a new coach. I don't think Anthony Lynn sticks around, but um, we'll see about that. But great game last night. Uh, A couple days after a great game on Monday night between the Ravens and the Giants' upcoming opponent, the Cleveland Browns, and we'll get to that Giants-Browns matchup uh, later on in the... uh, We'll preview that later on in the episode. But prior to that, we have a couple different things to talk about couple news-related things to discuss. Some not-so-great things, and then some more not-so-great things. Not a lot of positives occurring in and around the Giants organization this week, especially the last couple days. And we start off with the quarterback. Okay, Daniel Jones, obviously, we know, is suffering from a hamstring strain. He suffered it in the win over the Bengals a couple weeks ago. Missed the win over the Seahawks the week after. Returned for the uh, loss to the Arizona Cardinals and was limited. Could not extend plays, could not get outside the pocket, could not escape the rush, and was looked to be very uncomfortable. He looked to be in pain. Looked to affect him. Some argued after the game, me included, that maybe the Giants shouldn't have started him. You know, maybe Joe Judge shouldn't have, you know, made the decision to put him in the starting lineup. But that game is obviously in the past, and you must look towards the future. But the future, at least the near future, does not look bright for Jones. Because this week, it was revealed that he actually suffered an ankle sprain during the second quarter of the loss of the Cardinals. This injury, paired with the hamstring strain, obviously, puts his status for Sunday in doubt. So yes, Colt McCoy may very much start for the second time in three weeks. And what's tough about this situation is that the Giants didn't practice Thursday, so they couldn't evaluate him. Giants didn't practice because of Jason Garrett's positive COVID-19 test, so we'll get to that in a little bit. But the Giants couldn't evaluate Jones to the extent of which they would have evaluated him if they practiced on Thursday. There's a chance he's moving better now, but on Wednesday, according to ESPN's Jordan Ronan, Jones wasn't exactly moving great. McCoy took most of the reps. So right now, it's looking like McCoy will start for the second time in three weeks. You do have a couple couple days until the game kicks off. Um, I think... It'll be, you know, if anything, it could come down to a game-time decision. But, you know, I just, right now, I just think there's too much injury late, too much hanging on Jones, injury-related, for him to be good to go. I mean, the, um, they're in different, the two injuries are in different legs. So both legs are hobbling him, you know? I just don't think it's worth it right now. 
Again, I don't even think they should have started him or played him against the Cardinals. He was limited and uncomfortable, couldn't move, couldn't scramble, um, and the whole nine. So I just, uh, you know, and that was definitely a reason why the Cardinals were able to sack him six times. You know, that's a huge reason. That isn't usually, that isn't, especially, you know, this offensive line is improving. Obviously, the offensive line took a step back on Sunday. But, you know, a big reason why the Cardinals were able to sack him six times was he couldn't move. He was uncomfortable. He was in pain. It was tough to watch, really. Um, but right now, as far as Jones' status for the uh, Cleveland game Sunday night, it's not looking great. But, as I said before, there are uh, still a few days left until the game kicks off. We'll see what happens. I mean, right now, you know, it's still over 48 hours until this game kicks off, I think, whatever, you know, 60 hours or whatever it is. Uh, so we'll see how things goes, but see how things go. But right now, it's just not, it's not looking great for Jones. It just isn't. It's it's tough. It's a tough situation, especially when, you know, you're in a tight race for the division title. You're a game back after this past loss and Washington's win over San Francisco. So it's not a great situation for the Giants, but they're going to have to adapt and overcome, just like they did against Seattle with McCoy under center, so, uh, you know, it's, uh, obviously there's still a chance Jones plays, but we'll see, and as mentioned before, uh, Jason Garrett, offensive coordinator, tested positive for COVID, um, the, the, I, I believe they, I'm, I would assume they found out Wednesday night, they didn't announce it until Thursday morning, the team didn't, um, but yeah, Jason Garrett tested positive for COVID-19. Not the Giants' first run-in with the coronavirus. Obviously, Will Hernandez tested positive. So has Graham Gano. Will Hernandez missed two games and basically basically lost his starting spot to Shane Lemieux. When Shane Lemieux came in and was great for the Giants and has been for the most part. Graham Gano did, did not miss a game. Uh, luckily, when he tested positive and, play, and was placed on the COVID list, the Giants were heading into their bye week, so he didn't miss a game. But Garrett will not be calling the plays now against the Browns. And instead, we got tight ends coach and former Browns head coach, Freddie Kitchens, calling the plays offensively against his former team. Obviously, Kitchens head coached the Browns last year, was a one-and-done after the Browns finished 6-10 and and in third place in the AFC North. So will it look different? The offense? Who knows? I mean... It's a new play caller right now, potentially a backup quarterback. Maybe they take more shots down the field. But ultimately, I think, you know, if if it's McCoy under center, which it's looking like it will be, I think the Giants will ultimately, you know, still want to run the ball, take the pressure off of McCoy like they did against Seattle. But we don't know for sure. We really don't. Um, I think, you know, Freddie Kitchens was a more aggressive play caller uh, with Cleveland than Jason Garrett has been with the Giants. Uh, which isn't saying much. Jason Garrett has not really been a, an aggressive uh, or creative play caller this year. That's why the Giants are, you know, last in total yards and last in, excuse me, second to last in total yards, second to last in scoring, third to last in passing. So, but uh, I'm hoping they take more shots down the field. But if McCoy's under center, you know, I don't know if that's possible. I don't know if McCoy has the talent, the arm strength to do so. So, but. The situation may, you know, play into that too. Don't forget, this is a crucial game. This is not, you know, a mid-season. Every game is crucial, obviously. It's the NFL. But this isn't an an early season game or a mid-season game against Washington. This is a crucial game. This is the Giants' biggest game in years. As I've said before, when you're in a division title race, 
in a tight one, such as the Giants are in right now, every game is bigger and more important and more and more crucial than the previous game. This game is more important than the Cardinals game, which was more important than Seattle, which is more important than Cincinnati or Philly before that. So this is a crucial game the Giants got on their hands against a talented Cleveland team. So maybe Kitchens does take more shots down the field. Um, I think, you know, and to be honest, I would definitely want them to, one, because I'm sick and tired of the conservativeness, and two, you know, this offense can't be much worse than it has already. So be aggressive with it. Take shots. You know, you got nothing to lose right now with this offense. As I said, second to last in scoring and in total offense and then 30th in passing. So maybe, you know, taking shots down the field and being aggressive is a step up. Maybe it's fairly the same, but it really can't be much worse. Okay, if it's much worse, then it's Adam Gase's offense. <laughs> like, it can't be much worse. So if I were the Giants, I would take shots down the field, but I understand that with McCoy, you don't always have, you know, you don't have the resources to do that. So uh, we'll see on that. It'll be interesting to see what how Freddie Kitchens calls this game, especially against his former team that fired him after one season, which you don't really see much of in the NFL these days. I mean, Pat Shermer stayed more than a year, so that's pretty crazy. But um, yeah, I'm I'm hoping they take shots down the field. But again, if it's if it's if it's McCoy or if it's a non-healthy Jones, either way, they don't really have the resources to do so. They don't really have the receivers to do it either. These receivers are not great or consistent. None of them are. Neither is the tight end. Um, but moving on, we have probably the biggest blow for the Giants when it comes to this upcoming matchup with the Browns. James Bradbury was placed on the COVID-19 list. Now, this does not mean he tested positive as far as we know. It's said that he has, it's been said that he had contact with someone outside the Giants facility who tested positive. Mike Garofolo of NFL Network reported that, quote, Bradbury was getting chiropractic treatment away from the Giants facility when he was exposed to the person who later tested positive for COVID-19, sources say, close quote. But regardless, he will not play Sunday, and this is a huge loss for Big Blue. Okay, this defense needed to step up big time in the absence of Garrett and potentially Jones. And it still can, but at the end of the day, this unit is going to be without its best player. Bradbury was arguably the top corner in the league this year, and still is. There's no doubt about that. This placement on the COVID list isn't taking anything away from that. But now the Giants are going to need, are going to, need to rely on Isaac Yadam and probably one of Julian Love, Xavier McKinney, or Logan Ryan to man the corner spots. Uh, I don't exactly trust Jaron Williams, who they're bringing up from the practice squad, I believe, most likely. And I would say Jabril Peppers as well, but I'd rather not have Peppers in coverage. Okay, I'm not the biggest fan of Jabril Peppers in coverage. I don't think that's his strength. I'd rather have the Giants, you know, I'd rather have Peppers do what he's been doing because he's having a great season doing it. Peppers could make his first Pro Bowl this year. Uh, he's all over the field. He's always around the ball. Uh, I would have him, you know, he thrives from the strong safety role and he thrives when he plays up towards the line of scrimmage and comes in on the pass rush at times. Keep him doing that. Okay, you don't need to put your bro peppers as one of the corners and may, and have or in the slot even and have him be in coverage. It's just not his strength. Keep him doing what he's doing because he's doing it well this year. That's for sure. And what does this mean, though? What does this overlying issue mean? 
pass rush is going to need to step up. Can't give Baker Mayfield too much time because he'll find Jarvis Landry a number of, this, number of times in this game. And while Isaac Yadam is improving, I don't think Isaac Yadam is exactly capable of shutting down a receiver like Jarvis Landry. Okay, Bradbury is, but unfortunately he won't get the chance to do so come Sunday night. And uh, as far as Bradbury's status for Week 16 or 17 is concerned, I, I don't know. It's curr- it's Right now, it's unclear to us if Bradbury will miss further games, whether that's Week 16 against Baltimore and or Week 17 against Dallas. So that's still yet to be revealed. I mean, if he doesn't test positive, if he doesn't have it and he just came in contact with someone who has it, then I believe he should probably good, be good to go for the Baltimore game. Um, the, you know, a week from Sunday, but we'll figure that out. We'll find that out rather, uh, at some point. So now on to our Giants Browns preview, the weekly preview of the upcoming big blue game this time around week 15, week 15 Giants taking on the, I believe the nine and four Cleveland Browns who are second in the AFC North. Yeah. Nine and four second in the AFC North division could still, um, could still win the division. Okay. Steelers are 11 and two at the top of the division. They've lost two straight though, and I think this, I think people are finding a lot finding out a lot about the Steelers and how that they're you know they're not they're good. Don't get me wrong, it's a well-run team, but they don't run the ball. And um, I don't know if Ben Roethlisberger is going to be able to throw the ball in like 50 mile an hour winds in January. But right now it's not about the Steelers. I won't get too into that. This is about this huge game the Giants have on their hands. This is a must-win, basically. They're game back of the of the division lead, so they they got to win this one. And uh, I'm going to attack this preview with the same mindset in regard to if either Jones or McCoy is playing, if that makes any sort of sense to you. Because right now, Daniel Jones and Colt McCoy are both very similar quarterbacks. They're limited in a sense, whether it's injury or just talent-wise. They're not consistent throwing the ball. They're turnover-prone. They're sack-prone. Jones was sacked six times last week. McCoy was sacked twice. Um, I know that's, you know, Jones, the injury is what made him sack-prone, but he's still injured, so it's it would still make him sack-prone this week. So, that means everyone else on the offensive side of the ball needs to step up. I'm not saying just a run game led by Wayne Gallman and Alfred Morris, who both need big performances, by the way, if the Giants want to win this game. I'm saying the receivers need to get the excuse me, the receivers need to get open, which has been an issue. I'm saying Evan Engram needs to get open, which has been an issue, and catch the ball, which has also been an issue. The offensive line needs to step up big time and redeem itself from its weak performance last week. You know, Andrew Thomas and Shane Lemieux, the rookies are going to need to step up, especially Thomas, who was pretty bad last week, looked like his early season self. You know, everything's got to come together, okay? The main goal for this offense, and Freddie Kitchens needs to realize that, is to take pressure off the quarterback. Because this quarterback situation, as I said, is going to be similar regardless of who's playing. Okay, Jones is limited. McCoy isn't that talented. McCoy only threw for 105 yards against an extremely weak Seattle secondary while Gallman rushed for 135. You know, the running back isn't supposed to rush for more than what the quarterback is throwing for. Um, so everyone's got to step up, especially Goldman in this offensive line, though. I mean, if they want to win this game, they're going to need to keep the ball out of the offensive hands. That's, you know, it's simple as that. Um, they're going to need to win the time of possession battle by a pretty significant margin. So, um, yeah, they, they just they, they got to take pressure off the quarterback. 
But when you need to, and when you find the opportunities, Freddie Kitchens, utilize the play action and take shots down the field. Okay? It, as I, I, I want them to take shots down the field, and I believe, you know, I think if the situation, uh, you know, is accepting of that, I think that Freddie Kitchens will take shots down the field, but you got to do it at the right times, and you got to find the right opportunities to do it. Okay? But prior to doing that, you got to take the pressure off your quarterback. Everyone else has got to step up, whether it's the running backs, the receivers, the offensive line, Evan Engram, or, you know, Caden Smith or Levine Torlolo, who's ever in a tight end. Um, and whoever's in at running back, Goldman, Alfred Morris, if Elijah Penny's in there, everyone's got to come together and step up in order to take the pressure off of either a non-healthy Jones or a non-talented Colt McCoy. Sound good? That's what's got to happen. And defensively, obviously, they're without Bradbury. Okay, so then they're now down to Isaac Yadam and whoever they decide to play at the other corner spot. And you also have the slot to worry about because Darney Holmes isn't playing either, I don't think. Darney Holmes is... Hurt. He's going through. He's going through an injury right now. Um, so there's guys they got to shuffle around, and the secondary won't be as strong without Brad. It won't be as strong of a unit without Bradbury. That's obvious. Okay, the Bradbury is the guy in the secondary. He's arguably the top corner in the league this year, if not top three. You know, it's it, it's they got to stay. They got to utilize a rotation, I guess. They got to keep guys fresh, keep minds focused. Their top guy is out. It's just like when the Giants, you know, had their top four edge rushers from the beginning of the year not playing against Seattle. Obviously, as I've Marcus Golden traded and O'Shane Zimenez hurt and Lorenzo Carter hurt and Fackrell hurt, they utilized the rotation and got the job done. Giants may have to do that here. They got to shuffle guys around. Uh, but all in all, the secondary isn't going to be as strong without Bradbury. So that means they got to pressure the quarterback. Can't leave Mayfield too much time to find Jarvis Landry, who's going to be covered by Isaac Yada most likely. Uh, so they gotta they, they gotta pressure the quarterback more often than not. You know they can't just sit back. They can't play this soft zone. They gotta uh, they gotta pressure the quarterback. Okay, and Kyler Frackle is out at least one more game. He's on IR right now. So you gotta utilize that rotation with Cam Brown, Carter Coughlin, the two rookies. Send Tate Crowder and Blake Martinez if you need to. Leonard Williams obviously will get in the mix. Same with Jabal Sheard. And, you know, Mayfield isn't as mobile as Kyler Murray whatsoever. I mean, Mayfield's athletic. He's mobile. We know that. But he's not Kyler Murray. And Kyler Murray runs up and down the field. I don't even think Kyler Murray ever gets tired. I don't think Kyler Murray has fatigue built into his body. So, but Mayfield isn't as mobile. So the 3-4 alignment could work, and that could be the way to go this week, but I wouldn't shy away from the 4-3 either. I mean, the 4-3 worked against Russell Wilson, didn't it? That defense frustrated him all game long, and you know we obviously know Russell Wilson is a much more talented quarterback than Baker Mayfield. So send, you got you know, to, the 3-4, I think, would work. Um, I also think, you know, the 4-3 has had success before. It did against Russell Wilson, so... You know, that'll be up to Patrick Graham. Obviously, they could utilize both, and I think they will utilize both because Patrick Graham isn't, you know, he's not consistent with what he throws at the offense, which is always a good thing. You can't be consistent because then the offense figures you out and then you're screwed. You got to throw different things at your at the opposing offense, and Patrick Graham does that, and he does a great job at it. Does that has done a great job with it this entire year. Um, so I, I can see them utilizing different alignments. But send guys, as I said many times before. It doesn't matter who you send, but how many you send. And Patrick Graham's defense is evident of that and needs to continue to be 
in Week 15 against the Cleveland Browns. Prediction time. I'm not just going to do this because of the reverse psychology. I'm going to do this because I actually don't think the Giants can win this game. I think there's too many factors that are against the Giants right now, despite the fact that they're at home. It's a night game. You know, with the Jones and Garrett situations, as well as Bradbury being out, Giants don't seem to have enough firepower. I mean, you could argue whether or not Garrett is firepower to even begin with. Um, so I say 24 to 10 Browns. Defense plays a good game and does what it can and does what it need, needs to do. Um, while the offense doesn't, the offense struggles just like it did, you know, just like it has for much of this year. I mean, you saw the defense last week, you know, it did what it could against the Cardinals. It played hard. Um, it bent, but didn't break a number of times while, you know, the Giants off with Giants offense and special teams screwed that unit over with turnovers, the Jones turnover, the Deion Lewis turnover, both of which were in, you know, Giants territory. And then the Giants couldn't cross midfield until, the third quarter, so they punted out of their own territory, deep in their own territory. A number of times, the punt cover team couldn't contain Christian Kirk. Uh, Riley Dixon couldn't direct his kicks, did not have a good day. All those factors played into the fact that the Cardinals had great field position, a number of great starting field position a number of times throughout that game. I think something similar could happen this week. I think the defense steps up, does what it needs to do, and the offense and the special teams uh, do not. So 24 to 10 Browns, I say, uh, will be the final score. But for that, thank you so much for tuning into Wide Right Podcast, episode 59. As always, I am Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and Elite Sports Radio Network. Follow me on Twitter at Ryan Honey E S N Y. That's at Ryan Honey E S N Y. Listen and subscribe to the Wide Right Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Art Radio, um, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And I'll talk to you guys uh, in a couple days when this game's over. Thanks.